Welcome to the Authentically Human with Hannah podcast, where we dive deep beneath the surface of what it means to be a human having this unique human experience. I'm your host, Hannah Skipsey, an intuitive human design coach with a passion for helping others come home to their truest, most authentic selves. This is a space for real conversation and unapologetic truth when it comes to the intricacies, nuance and contrast of this one beautiful life. Let's begin. All right. Welcome to episode three of Authentically Human with Hannah. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited. We have the most amazing topic lined up and I have a really fabulous guest here with us, uh, the gorgeous Angela Tonkin. Um, So Ange is here today and I'm going to give a brief introduction in one moment, but we're going to be chatting about uh, our child's emotions and, and behaviours and, you know, the the parts of parenting that really trigger us uh, because I'm sure the parents listening to this call will all relate to that um, and how, you know, if we're going to move past those triggers in parenting, we really need to be looking at our inner child and reparenting our inner child and there is no better person to talk to that topic than Ange. So it is quite hard to introduce Ange because she is a woman of many, many talents and just has the most incredible story, which she's going to share with you shortly. Um, but in terms of just a brief introduction, Ange is a beautiful coach, a healer, a trauma-informed facilitator, And she's just incredibly passionate about supporting women, parents, and specifically mums and mums-to-be to to remember and reclaim their innate power to live an authentic life, um, to speak their truth and really come home to their hearts. So Ange uses a variety of different healing modalities, her intuition, her background in teaching, and her extensive experience as a coach and healer to provide uh, one-on-one mentoring, group programs, in-person retreats, um, to support those who are really looking to deepen the connection that they have with themselves, their partners, and their children. Um, So the day that Ange came into my life was the day that I began an even deeper journey back to my true authentic nature through her conscious parenting course, which my partner and I, um, we did fairly recently and we just took so much away from. And currently through her one-on-one mentoring and coaching program, which I'm really lucky to be a part of. So I really wanted to get Ange on today to talk about the concept of conscious parenting and, and like I said, how reparenting our inner child will bring us closer to our children and our partners and really the parent that we desire to be. So I'll hand it over to you, Ange, just to share a little bit of um, a background on how you came to be in this place today. Thank you so much. And it's an absolute pleasure and honour to be here. Um, Gosh, (laughs) when someone asks (laughs) me to share my background or my journey, I often wonder where to begin, but if we're talking about the part of my business, particularly around 
conscious parenting and why I'm so passionate about um, supporting parents, um, particularly in that field of parenting, is because I spent many years as a teacher and in the classroom. And um, over a long period of time, I watched a lot of children that were struggling and um, they were struggling with their behaviours, with their emotions. Um, a lot of children were being diagnosed with ADHD, high energies, not able to concentrate. And then there were children um, as young as five years old having panic attacks. Right. And for me, I realised that I had a really, really, really strong interest um, in their emotional well-being and their mental well-being because if they weren't happy, they weren't learning. (laughs) So it was, for me, I guess, starting the journey down the rabbit hole of like, why are these children behaving in these ways? And um, what do they actually need? And um, what's going on with all of this emotion and dysregulation? Mm. And so I did many courses. And um, as you know, Hannah, I, I, I ended up sort of um, teaching yoga and mindfulness in all my classrooms and meditation and breath practices and tapping and all sorts of things. And I started my own business um, in teaching yoga and mindfulness um, for children. And I ended up leaving teaching. Mm. And as I left teaching, I had a lot of the parents of the children that I had taught coming to me privately and saying, can you help my child one-on-one? And I was more than happy to do that. (laughs) And so um, I had actually studied human behaviour and communication and gone and done a lot of different certifications and research and um, my own healing as well. And I found that I was supporting all of these children with their emotions, their behaviours, and then they were going back into the home and, you know, there would be change for a little while and then there wouldn't be change. (laughs) And so I started getting curious as to, you know, why is this not sticking? Why is this not lasting? Um, And I had remembered back to many conversations that I had with parents. I used to sit before and after school with many parents. They would bring me um, coffee and (laughs) they would bring me muffins and we would just sit and unpack what's going on in their life. So I realized at this point, oh, my goodness, it's the parents that need the support. Who is supporting these parents? Um, Because a lot of these parents didn't have anywhere to go. They didn't have anyone to ask questions. They didn't, they were sort of left in the dark. Mm -hmm. And so I became that person as a teacher. And then I became that person when I stepped out of teaching and they were bringing their children to me wanting support. And so at that stage, I decided to develop a course. This was probably about six years ago. Um, and it was a really simple, basic course um, for parents. And I guess that's where everything began. <laughs> yeah. um, there's been a lot of learning for me personally, a lot of growth and change personally that I've been able to then share and weave through those programs, um, which has now led to um, the Conscious Parenting um, program that I run that you participated in as well. So it's always evolving, always changing, always growing according to the journey um, that I'm also going on personally as well. Yes. I know you know, but your listeners may not know that I'm also 
five and a half months pregnant. So (laughs) (laughs) I think there'll be um, probably even more change to the program um, as I get to embody all of this knowledge and these tools myself as well on a, you know, a really deep level. Yeah. Amazing. I just love how the conscious parenting course and, and the course in general just evolved from a need that wasn't that you could see wasn't being met and that parents these days do need that support I think a lot of us are running around trying to do all the things and we're just so disconnected from ourselves that you know our children are not left suffering but you know we're not able to give them what they need because we're so dysregulated in ourselves, which is why I wanted to bring you on today, because I think that that's just such an important topic for this time in particular. Um, But yes, congratulations. I'm so excited for your parenting journey. But yeah, I mean, having participated in the conscious parenting course, the knowledge that you bring to that is just exceptional. And we took so much away from it. So I just wanted to ask, in your opinion, for those that might not know, what does it mean to consciously parent our children? Yeah, so I just really take the word conscious (laughs) and go being conscious is, is, I know a lot of people have these, um, I guess, ideas that that conscious is being spiritual and it's being, um, you know, maybe woo-woo or all these different terms. But actually conscious means aware. So I think we can get so caught in the day-to-day life, um, busyness um, of how we go about life, that often we're doing things without awareness and um, we're repeating past patterns um, we're continuing behaviors that doesn't that don't serve us, um, and we're not really <clears throat> uh, making many changes, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, conscious parenting, um, in particular, is about becoming aware of yourself and how you're parenting and why you're parenting that way, and is it even actually how you want mm-hmm. things to be in your relationship with your children and um, the functionality of, of the home mm-hmm. and getting clear on what it is that you actually desire. And I know a lot of parents come to me and they know what it is that they desire and they can't quite get there because what's happening is they're stuck in the ingrained patterns from their own conditioning and their maybe own unhealed traumas that are in the nervous system and the lenses on how we see the world and that is really impacting and stopping them and blocking them from being able to live out their desires um, Mm. and how they they actually parent so it's about becoming aware of the patterns it's about not projecting our own childhood experiences into the now Mm. Um, and you know I guess you know, Hannah, and, and some of your listeners, listeners may or may not know, um, but things that have occurred for us in our life, if we don't do some work to process the emotion behind that and create change in our behaviours and patterns, then we pass that on. Mm-hmm. So for me, conscious parenting is becoming aware also of all of this because your children will act as your mirrors. 
and they'll show you exactly the parts of you that maybe haven't been healed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might argue with me and say, but I don't I don't have any trauma. Nothing's ever happened. I had the most perfect childhood. I had a great upbringing. And yeah, a lot of us did. But there's also a lot that happens when we learn to understand human behavior and the brain and our emotions and our nervous system. And when we unpack it all, we go, ah, mm-hmm. that's why I do those things. Ah, that's why I'm seeing my child behave in that way. Yeah. So I guess it's a way of really turning on the lights and um, becoming aware so that change can be created. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was definitely one of those people that was like, I don't have any trauma to heal. Like my childhood was amazing. Parents were amazing. And it's not to say that your parents aren't amazing and, you you know, you likely did have a great childhood. Um, but I think, you know, the first part to becoming a conscious parent is to, like you say, become aware of how you're parenting, what it is that you want to change, what, you know, I, for me, I was showing up as a parent, um, in ways that I didn't like, I was, felt like I was constantly on the hamster wheel and just on autopilot all the time, just to get things done. It was like a bit of survival mode going on. Um, and then there wasn't a whole lot of connection to my daughter, but also to myself. Mm. And it was really interesting joining the conscious parenting program um, with Daniel and, and being able to uncover the parts of my childhood that I hadn't even really considered were being brought into how I parent today. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just we live in such a busy world these days that um, awareness is really Mm -hmm. difficult to come by sometimes because we're all so busy. And um, And I guess, I guess, Hannah, that's that one piece of like the triggers, you know, when we're constantly Mm. the triggers, the triggers are trying to bring us into presence. Yes. (laughs) Parts of our soul that are going, hey, help. I want to, I want to change this. You know, it's like bringing that. And when you were sort of reflecting on your journey as a parent, even though I haven't um, got children earth side (laughs) yet, um, I think, a lot of my triggers were coming up with the 30 children standing in front of me in the classroom. Mm. And so they were mirroring things back to me all the time. And one of the big things was that I couldn't uh, manage all of their emotional meltdowns and like all of their anxiety and all of this stuff that was going on, you know, there's 30 children. It would send me into overwhelm and stress. Mm. And then I realized that they were mirroring parts of so many of um, things that happened in my childhood. And it was just a constant trigger until I, you know, decided to go and do work on that and also work on my nervous system. Once I learned how to really manage my own emotions and really regulate my nervous system, I was able to hold space for these kids. Mm -hmm. I was able to be present with them and I was able to actually enjoy the teaching I noticed that I stopped trying to control them I noticed that I was more flexible in our daily plan and what we were doing I just noticed it was so much more enjoyable yeah so I think 
Yeah, the nervous system just plays such a huge role in parenting for sure. And I mean, three years ago, I didn't even really understand the importance of the nervous system in terms of how I am showing up in the world and how I'm showing up as a parent. But I think it comes back to, you know, our capacities as humans to yeah, hold space for our children's emotions. And if we don't have the ability or the capacity to hold the space for ourselves, then, you know, we've got a very um, finite, um, well, like a thin line of um, ability to show up for our children. So, you know, learning about the nervous system has massively uh, deepened the connection I have with myself and and now broadened the capacity that I have as a parent. So maybe that's, you know, another question is, um, you know, what nervous system techniques or nervous system um, regulation, mm. what am I trying to say? So, you know, what um, nervous system tools do you think would be beneficial for parents to sort of have an understanding of in terms of how to regulate um, their emotions and themselves? Yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think firstly, I guess it comes back to that term conscious, right, awareness. So I think firstly um, we need to become aware of our body. Mm. Um, and aware of um, what's showing up <laughs> in terms of our stress levels and, um, you know, how we are, like, as you mentioned before, on this constant hamster wheel um, and racing through life. So mm. when we have a nervous system trigger, it's usually because um, the body has and the mind has sensed a threat. Mm -hmm. And so we're going into a fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. Um, and for some people that's really heightened and and this really heightened energy. And for some people um, it can actually be really, really low, which is like that freeze response, so that really helplessness, mm -hmm. so that low, you know, um, feeling and energy as well. So it's starting to become aware of yourself and your patterns. And I think for a lot of adults and parents, sometimes when I drop them into a deep relaxation, they say to me afterwards, oh, my goodness, like I'm, I feel like I've just had a massage or I feel like, you know, so um, calm and, mm. and relaxed and still and peaceful and all these feelings. And often when I ask them, you know, when was the last time, they might say years. They've never felt, you know, that they haven't felt that way or if ever before. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we've really become prone to living in these heightened responses and this really high energy. And what that actually means is we're living a lot in based on the release of adrenaline and cortisol. Mm -hmm. Um, which I won't even go down the rabbit hole of what that's doing <laughs> to your health yeah. <laughs> and your body. Not good. Um, but also it's causing us to be more reactive. Um, energy, science has now proven that energy is transferable. So we're in this constant heightened stressful state and then we're going, why is my child anxious? Mm -hmm. Why is my child having anxiety attacks? You know, um, mm -hmm. why is my child glued to a screen? 
But really, we're the models. We're the ones that children um, learn from and absorb energy from. And the person, I guess, who can be the most flexible in, in their energy field is the person who's really going to control the room or influence yeah. the room. So when I work with parents and teach them about homeostasis and being in that central grounded space within their body, it's about being able to find that. There's so mm-hmm. many different tools and practices. Um, you know, I have a non-negotiable meditation practice and without it, <laughs> my mind can go everywhere. Mm. And, you know, our thoughts, when we have thoughts, they become our feelings. If you have worried thoughts, you're going to start feeling worried in your body. If you have sad thoughts, you're going to start to feel sad. So a mindfulness practice and meditation practice has been life-changing for me. Um, mm. And then also getting in the body. I think when I was teaching to expand that capacity in my body to be able to hold more and feel more grounded um, for the children in my care, I practiced yoga. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started yoga, I hated it. I didn't want to go, I didn't want to sit outside the studio going, should I go in or should I just go home? Should I go in or should I go home? Yeah. And there were times that I drove to the studio and then turned around and drove home. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that was because there was this real resistance mm-hmm. in being with myself. So if we can't be with ourselves and feel everything that's there and become aware of everything that's there, then how can we be in relationship with a partner or with a child? Um, So the, the core relationship to work on is the relationship with self first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And can I be with myself? Mm -hmm. What comes up when I'm with myself? And then what am I doing as a personal practice to if you are heightened, bring that energy back down. It can be as simple as putting your feet, bare feet on the earth and, yeah. you know, and, and soaking up the sun. It can be learning how to breathe more effectively. So diaphragmatic breathing rather than all of this um, heightened chest breathing that we've all become prone to. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach, I'm an EFT practitioner, so I teach tapping um, to all of the parents that I work with. And I think it's really incredible modality to move energy through the body, but also regulate at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge range of tools and modalities out there. There's no shortage of that. What I find is it's actually the commitment to actually practicing yeah. and implementing and integrating those practices and tools into the everyday life. Yeah. Um, and The reason I feel this isn't present for most parents, and it certainly wasn't present for me (laughs) in like early days, no way, I didn't. (laughs) I remember my mum actually said to me when I was younger, you know, breathe properly, you're breathing to your chest, breathe properly. And I was just like, stop telling me what to do. (laughs) Later on, now I'm like, oh, she was trying to help me regulate. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think for a lot of us, we emotional intelligence wasn't around when we were younger. It wasn't a thing. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of awareness or knowledge or education about it. And so a lot of us weren't taught how to nurture and care for ourselves. Um, we were taught to be selfless and to give 
And there was, I guess, a praising of the martyr archetype. Mm-hmm. Women, you've got to do it all. Yeah. Um, you know, the fem- feminist era as well of like we've yeah. got to go the workforce and equal rights and all these things. But what it's done is, is it's just created so much disharmony and disconnect from ourselves that most women won't know how to care for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and be with themselves in nurturing ways. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And I think, like you said, there's just, there's so many tools out there in terms of nervous system regulation. And you do go through quite a lot of them in the conscious parenting course, which is amazing. Um, but for me, you know, I was in survival mode for years, didn't realize it until I mm. crushed and burned hard. Mm. Um, but I found it incredibly confronting to sit with myself. And it was, you know, a good couple of years that I refused to meditate. I couldn't, Mm. I couldn't be with my thoughts. I couldn't be with myself for that long. Mm. Um, And I think I got caught up in, you know, if I'm going to meditate, it's got to be for 10 minutes or it's got to be for 20 minutes. But, you know, it was that gradual process of, okay, I'm literally just going to go for a walk and I'm not going to listen to anything for a couple of minutes mm. or leave, I, the, leave the phone at home leave it at home yeah like <laughs> I had to even, do that last night I was like okay very dysregulated leave the yes. phone walk on the beach and yep. just breathe and take yep. nature and look around you mm-hmm. <laughs> in your body and not distracting yourself with a podcast or music and for a long time that was really really difficult um, so I think, you know, if that is you, you can certainly just start small. Like it's not about sitting down for 20 minutes and, mm. you know, jumping straight into it if you find that difficult. Yeah. Um, there are so many ways to ease into it. And I think also parents and, and mothers in particular, um, they find it, well, I've spoken to quite a few of my friends who are parents and there's almost this element of like, I'm being selfish if I give to myself Mm. Um, and, you know, taking that time, sorry, to, to sit down and, you know, say to your husband, your partner, look, I need five, 10 minutes right now just to sit and be still like they're feeling guilty for Mm. doing that when it's really about, you know, the whole put your own oxygen mask on first. Like we can't, give to our children and our family if we're not actually investing in ourselves like that totally and it's the conditioning really it's it's yeah and the conditioning but to be honest I I have where I live I have an incredible group of mums and they are all about putting themselves first Mm. and the way in which they can show up um after that Mm -hmm. they have so much more capacity to be present with their kids um, to be able to hold space for their kids' emotions yeah, um, and to actually enjoy parenting because how can we enjoy, enjoy anything when, like, we're coming from this really drained, mm-hmm. bringing this negative energy of, like, oh, I have to do this. And, you know, children feel that. They mm-hmm. feel that. And that, that's often where the belief um, comes from of I'm a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. It's often, as we spoke about about trauma before, trauma is often about perceived trauma. 
as well. It's not always, um, I guess, trauma is a result of what happens in the body due to an event. So it's not so much the event, it's what happens in the body. So if a child is on the receiving end of mum being really stressed and mum being really anxious and mum being really busy mm-hmm. and they ask something of mum and mum reacts or, you know, or dad um, reacts in a certain way, the child can feel emotion in the body and a story develops in the mind and their yeah. perception might be, oh, I'm a burden. Mm. They have that perception in the mind. It forms a neural pathway, a le- like a pathway in the mind which is then also got emotion attached to it in the body, which then becomes a lens on how they see the world and show up in future relationships as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I'm not sharing this to put pressure or to, to bring more guilt. I'm just sharing this to bring awareness of why putting yourself first can actually be really beneficial for your mm-hmm. kid and to really, I guess, um, bring a different side to that story Mm. you know so the parents I like to give parents permission to let go of that guilt and um and to see that even just implementing and seeing the change that occurs in the home and occurs in the Mm. relationship with their kids too um because it'll be evident very quickly yeah Um, yeah and I think it yeah, it's, it's never too late as well to to start that process and to start giving to yourself so you can give to others and, and your children because I definitely felt in the beginning like, oh, my God, Elsie's, you know, she's six. Like I've she's, she's so messed up now. I've been living in survival mode and, you know, I've probably been projecting all of these things and is there, you know, how do I even begin to um, not undo it but start parenting in a different way and and is it too late and I'd say probably some parents would be thinking that (laughs) big one that most parents that I work with we will unpack that at some point and I think what's really important to remember here is that your child chose you okay they chose you exactly as you are they didn't choose Mm. the healed version of you mm-hmm. <laughs> they chose you they and when they're choosing you on a soul level because their soul chose your soul mm-hmm. they signed up for certain lessons and yep. this can be hard to get your head around this um you it know can spirit, be, uh... spiritually but they have they've chosen you and so they've chosen certain patterns to come into to break they've chosen mm-hmm. certain um ancestral and generational traumas that they've come in to also heal and to create change through. Um, So I think that trying to become the conscious parent, (laughs) the perfect conscious parent, Mm -hmm. can create more harm. Absolutely. (laughs) So so, um, it's really about parenting with compassion for self as well because parents Mm -hmm. are managing so much and... I can tell you I've been on this journey for many, many, many years of self-discovery and self-healing and self-love, and it doesn't change overnight. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, there's, for me, there's not an end goal. It's just a journey. Yeah. And I know as a parent there's going to be things that I pass on to my child. There's going to be things that I do and, and say and go, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Probably wasn't amazing. Um, but it's about having the awareness to then go, oh, trigger there. 
okay, how can I repair in that relationship with my child? So what can I do to repair that? How can I show my humanness to my Mm -hmm. child? How can this be a teaching opportunity for me and my child rather than the guilt and the shame? Because the guilt and the shame just, it just um, creates more challenge, I guess, for the child and for yourself. So leaning into the triggers, allowing them to be the teacher for everyone on the journey Mm -hmm. um, and bringing compassion and love to yourself and your child. It's so important to bring compassion to yourself along this journey because, yeah, I definitely, even after doing the conscious parenting program, like I'm not a perfect conscious parent and I never will be. And that's not the goal. Yeah, they don't (laughs) exist. Um, and with my perfectionistic tendencies, that can be really difficult to get my head around. But, um, you know, I, of course, make mistakes and I say things and do things where I'm like, oh, my God, why did I just do that? But mm. in that moment, I'm like, OK, even though that happened, I'm aware of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that is a win. Mm. <laughs> and I'll mm. either, you know, apologize to Elsie and say, look, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that um, and sort of own that at least rather than sitting there and letting it fester and beating myself up and I think and I think even I just want to draw on that word of even shouldn't yeah yeah (laughs) but even just saying you know I did that because this was happening in my body and this was my response and this is what I'm going to do next time differently this is Mm -hmm. what I learned and this is what I'm going to do next time differently Mm. because sometimes when we are behaving from a stress response, it's important to know that that part of our brain, the rational part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex has gone offline and the emotion has taken over and we might be in a fight response or we might be in, um, you know, a flight response or whatever it is. Mm. Sometimes our behaviours can be totally irrational. It doesn't mean that they're okay, but it can also be us trying to regulate in the moment Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I, this is a whole nother rabbit hole we can go down, but <laughs> it's like even looking at kids' behaviours and going, are they really misbehaving? Did they really do something wrong there? Or were they actually really dysregulated and trying to regulate? Like mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say is our behaviours aren't wrong. They just might be better ways to do things. Yeah. And learning to come from it. And yeah, I know through the conscious parenting course, we we spoke about, you know, there's not children aren't naughty, and mm. you don't have like good and naughty children. They're they're just children that are mm-hmm. learning to regulate themselves. Mm. Um, and that was you know a big concept for us. Not that you know I ever said Elsie, you're super naughty, but mm-hmm. um, it was just you know a perspective shift around that, um, and just you know, in terms of that, what are some of the like common dilemmas or issues that parents come to you with and and are joining the conscious parenting program for to to deal with? Yeah, gosh, (laughs) there's a lot, but um, I guess just a few to sort of mention um, is I guess a lot of parents come to me with this term of like my child's out of control meaning they don't know what to do with their child's behaviours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and sometimes um, I guess the behaviours may come from not knowing how to manage their emotions, so big emotional meltdowns, lots of anger, anxiety, um, 
some parents come to me because their child is like has been diagnosed with ADHD and they're not sure what to do, which is often, I mean, I look more holistically at that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very mindful of labels. Um, but yeah, looking at why is that child so heightened? Why are they disassociated? Why are they not able to focus? What's happened for them to be disassociated? So mm-hmm. getting to the core of the challenges is really important when I'm working with children um, and their parents. And I guess a couple of the others is, you know, arguing. There's a lot of communication breakdown, um, their kids not listening, not doing what they're told. Like I'm sure all of the listeners can relate to these <laughs> things. And it's not to say that it's going to, um, that I have this magic wand that's going to make all of that go away, but we can certainly learn tools and strategies um, that are highly effective when used consistently um, with children to deepen the relationship, learn to understand your child, learn to unpack your own triggers and, you know, what's actually showing up for you in all of that. Mm. Um, and then learning how to change the environment of, of the home as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and all of this will, um, I guess, a byproduct of this is reducing stress. The parents, mm-hmm. it's reducing stress, it's reducing overwhelm and reducing the triggers so that parents can actually parent with more ease and flow. Yeah. I believe parenting is one of the uh, <laughs> biggest jobs and most yeah. important jobs that we can do on the planet. So why wouldn't we learn um, mm-hmm. more about that? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know we go off to you might go off to university to get a degree to do your job but you know what's happening with parenting this most incredibly important job in the whole world mm. yeah no, there's no degree or manual well, <laughs> no manual no, I wish. But, but we can certainly delve into you know human behavior and understanding yes. and how do we create better relationship dynamics um, mm. in all relationships um because that's what I think it comes down to I know that I would often get given so to speak quote um, (laughs) the naughty class um at schools Mm. um, the more challenging class but those children were beautiful and um although it was challenging in the beginning because there were lots of challenging behaviors I was able to get to the core of every single challenge of you know, those children and create a deep lasting relationship with all of them that by the end of that year, it was a big year and I'm not going to lie, it was hard work, Mm. but those kids were happy and they were learning and it was because of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Parents can come with loads of challenges and loads of um, things happening for their kids and themselves and the families, but I like Mm. to get right down to the core and you know, yeah. really going on. And I think, you know, as, you know, parents, you've got your, your two humans who have had two unique, different experiences growing up as children. Um, and you, you start a relationship and you bring a child into the world and you're both coming from two different perspectives and, and different traumas and conditioning um, that you bring to your parenting. So I found that my parenting style was obviously vastly different to 
Daniel, my partner's automatic parenting style, and we were butting heads a lot of the time because we weren't on the same page. And, you know, that was a big reason for me wanting to delve into the conscious parenting course together um, so that we could both go on a journey of healing those triggers and coming together and being more of a united front rather than um, constantly arguing about you should have done this and why didn't you do this and you spoke too firmly and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, So now we, you know, we're both aware of each other's triggers and we're able to pick that up and, you know, sometimes I'll have to just take a walk and I'll need to go outside for a bit. And Daniel's Mm. like, look, you just need to go and just have a moment. And I'm like, yep, you're right. I'm off (laughs) and vice versa. Um, So we're a bit more of a partnership in that regard. It's a team. It's a team effort rather than this Mm. is how I do it. This is how you do it. And the child ending up very confused. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I have so many parents that come to me that want to get on the same team, but they don't know how. So the program is um, very beneficial for mm. them to unpack why each um, parent parents the way they do. And there's no right or wrong because I think that's really important to note as well. Uh, we're not about wrong parenting or right parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't exist. We're just becoming aware and yeah. looking at and we're getting curious um, and welcoming in new open ideas and philosophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that brings me to the concept of the inner child. And I know, you know, many people might have heard of that term before. When I first heard it, I'm like, what do you even mean? There's a child inside me. Um, So maybe what are some sort of, firstly, can you explain the term inner child and why it's important when it comes to parenting our own children? And then maybe we can chat about some specific Tools. Totally. Yeah. So I think, I guess what you were just, you know, picking up where we just left off about um, people parenting differently. Well, that's because we were raised differently. And that's because mm-hmm. as children, we had different experiences of life. And when we're between those ages of zero to 12, um, we are very much, um, what would I say? we're easily influenced. Mm. <laughs> we're like sponges. We're absorbing everything that's happening around us. You know, this is where our values are formed, our beliefs are formed, um, our perceptions and all the lenses on how we see the world. This is all formed between the ages of zero to 12. Um, and as I sort of spoke to earlier, this is that part of us, that inner child, is a part of our psyche that doesn't go anywhere. It's still there. It's a part of your brain. Um, And there's things that are stored in in your nervous system and in your body. Um, But it's all the patterning. It's where all our our behavioural patterning is is, um, developed as well. So I think the best way to explain it is like if I looked at my traits of like, okay, maybe uh, maybe I'm someone who actually is a people pleaser. Okay, so this is a common trait in many people. (laughs) So I'll talk to that one. So if I'm as an adult, someone who is a people pleaser, and um, that's deeply ingrained in my patterning and conditioning, and people say, oh, Angela, she's just such a beautiful person. She's so giving. She's so caring. She'll do anything for everyone. 
Now, that's beautiful and great and all good until Angela ends up with resentment. Yeah. <laughs> Angela ends up with a, you know, an empty cup and burnt out and adrenal fatigue and not living her heart's desires because she's learned somewhere that doing all of those things, pleasing others, putting others first, giving all the time, she's learned that that will keep her safe. Mm-hmm. That will get her love, that that will get her needs met by other people, that she will be liked by others. Mm-hmm. So where was that learnt? That was learnt in the childhood. Okay. And that's usually learnt in the childhood from an example being, and no fault of the parents, you know, it is what it is, but this is just a part of what happens. Um as a child, let's say that Angela liked to clean the house all the time and then she'd wait for her parents to go, oh, aren't you just such an amazing daughter? You've just cleaned up or you've, oh, look how clean your room is. You're so amazing. Mm-hmm. And so she's feeling really loved, really safe, really um, held and all her needs are being met in that moment. But she's learning that she has to do something to get something as mm-hmm. opposed to her parents just loving her for the sake of it. Yeah. So then that inner child, that part of the psyche, okay, then continues that pattern into possibly parenting and also relating usually with a partner. Mm. Will then show up as Angela doing everything for the partner, meeting the partner's needs mm. um, and, and waiting for that validation. Yeah. Because she doesn't believe innately that she is worthy of love for just who she is. She's mm. going to do to get love. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the inner child. That's the part of our psyche that is still playing out. So I always say we're adults and we're really like children walking around in adults' bodies. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> so I say, I see all these adults. It's, it's actually when someone said to me, so how did you go from teaching kids to working with adults? And I was like, well, I'm I'm still working with kids. I'm working with the kid inside the adult. <laughs> I love that. I still work with children. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we really want to go back to that moment in time and we do a lot, I do a lot of subconscious work and different things. And we want to go back and we want to tune into that part of our psyche. Mm. And when we bring up those memories in the brain, um, often the body doesn't know whether we're experiencing something in the now or whether it's a memory from the past or the future. But if we're recalling that, it will bring up any unprocessed emotion in the body. Mm-hmm. So I know as part of the Conscious Parenting Program, um, there's a meditation that I've included, you know, where I guide people on a journey back to meet their inner child. Um, and start to unpack and reconnect, um, unpack the conditioning and reconnect to that part of ourselves. Mm. Um, so a lot of us are disconnected. The inner child might be running the show in terms of our patterns, but we're also disconnected to the playful, lighthearted, curious, um, joyful child that is within us mm. because we've become stressed and overwhelmed and conditioned that all we need to worry about is paying the bills and getting a house and paying off the mortgage and all these things, and then you die. 
yeah <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah so it's like a lot of parents will come to me and they don't know how to play with their child and mm. so they've lost touch with their inner child yeah they've lost touch and and it might be that they've lost touch with that part of themselves because there's a bit of pain there there's a bit of unprocessed hurt and pain there that mm. gets to be looked at so a lot of my clients um, and I recommend with parents is even just finding a photo of yourself when you were little and putting it in a special place and tuning in and actually sort of, I guess, connecting with that part of yourself often because mm. she still and he still exists. Mm. Um, and often when a trigger comes up, <laughs> it'll be the inner child going, hey, I'm not okay. Is something that needs to be looked at here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fascinating how it all plays out. But, you know, our challenges around I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, um, I'm not heard. So this is a common one in parents. You feel like your kids aren't listening to you all the time and then it really triggers the nervous system mm-hmm. and it brings up a lot. Um, it will often be that there will be maybe an unheard little child in there. Yeah. Yeah. He or she was younger and wasn't mm. being to by her parents. And now that the kids are doing the same thing and triggering and poking that wound. Yes. Um, and then and then kids get to be the mirror of your inner child too. I had a mum recently, um, her child was having anxiety and panic attacks before and after school and she was really, really struggling mm. um with her child and and um yeah, it was just becoming overwhelming and it had gone on for quite some time. And I did an inner child session with um, the mother. And sure enough, when she was about five or six, there was a lot of unprocessed emotion, anxiety, hurt, feeling unsafe when she was a little girl in her body. We went and did that healing. And the following week or two, the daughters just started to settle. There were Mm. no there was no anxiety. There was no panic attacks. There were no meltdowns. Mm. And I saw the mum recently, a couple of months later, and she's like, well, the problem doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, wow. So this is how sometimes kids can be showing you an unprocessed part of your own inner child. I hope that makes sense. Oh, it does. And it's just such an in-depth topic. Um, there's so much to share on it. I mean, <clears throat> I definitely started noticing when I started to understand the inner child a couple of years ago like when I'm parenting and I'm feeling triggered you know little six-year-old seven-year-old Hannah comes out and I'm like (laughs) where is this coming from I'm I'm more mature and I'm better than this but you know it's it's that trigger when you know that prefrontal cortex is offline and I'm just like I'm yeah. in the zone and my little inner child is coming out to say, actually, this is not not okay and I'm I'm not okay right now. Yeah. And and then that little that little Hannah's needing love and compassion. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and sometimes we can be really judgmental and critical. Mm. I just want this to go away, or why does this keep happening? Or mm. it's ridiculous that we can get really cranky and annoyed at ourselves about our triggers. Yeah. But, that just recreates the trigger and it really just adds to the wound. Mm. But if you really start to learn about, oh, I'm triggered, oh, okay, we can learn to, and I teach this in the course, identify what's actually showing up, mm. bring love and compassion, and then from that place we can heal. 
Yeah. I did find that, you know, having a photo of myself as a child was really helpful to have when I did, you know, a meditation or we we specifically did a inner child meditation to really connect to her and to to listen to her and just hold that space for her, mm-hmm. which um I think is obviously the first step to mm-hmm. healing and, and reparenting our inner child. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even just simple things, Hannah, you know, of like, what did I enjoy as a kid? Mm. And for me, I loved singing. And my sister told me I was shit at singing. <laughs> and then, so obviously I shut down and then became this whole journey with my voice. But, you know, four and a half, five years ago, I started singing again and I got a singing um, coach. And, oh, my gosh, it just created so much healing for my inner child. Mm. Yeah. Sing all the time now. I love it. It brings me so much joy. Yeah. And, yeah, for me it's dancing. And a couple of years ago I went and just joined a reggaeton, like Spanish hip-hop. Mm, <laughs> and I just I love the music and I just feel like time stands still when mm. I'm in that class and it's just that ultimate playfulness. And well, it's that presence as well because kids will do one thing, they'll teach you how to be present. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and maybe just to wrap it up because I don't want to keep you for too long, but this podcast is a lot to do with human design Mm -hmm. as well. Something I'm very passionate about and has helped me massively on my healing journey and still does. Um, but I know, and you're a manifester Mm -hmm. and I would just love to hear how human design has played a role in your life and your healing journey and why you think it's an important tool or or just something that we can use to reparent our child in a child two huge major major pieces that landed for me when I learned about human design one is that being a manifester we don't have the motor centers mm-hmm. <laughs> that others do. And I was literally working when I was teaching at a private school in Sydney, a boys' school. I was working six days a week. And I was in the classroom at 6 30 in the morning and not getting home till 6 30 at night. That's a 12 hour day. Oh. Adding all of the exercise that I was doing. Yeah. And the travel to and from work, which is an hour each way in traffic. And um, I just was completely burnt out, extreme adrenal fatigue Mm. and learning about human design had me go, oh, my gosh, this is why life isn't working for you. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you have inconsistent energy source. Exactly. So now I listen if I don't have the energy and I had a big to-do list. It's Mm. challenging because I've had to move through a lot of the inner child traits of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to work hard to make money, all these like all these conditionings Mm -hmm. to go, oh, I don't have energy today. Okay, what do I need? What am I doing? 
and go through the plateau as a manifester, like of that just downtime and mm. waiting for the energy to come back and mm. then and then it comes. And then go. <laughs> yeah, and then I go for it. So today's one of those yeah. days. I'm like, go day. <laughs> and so it's like I use it, but I can get done in like three hours. It might take someone a very long time, you know, a day or two. Mm. Um, so that was one point. And then the other point I would share is, is the um, – decision-making center for me my is spleen I'm a spleenic um, manifester mm. and oh my gosh as a child I disconnected from my intuition and all of my psychic abilities mm. because um they scared my parents yeah I bet they did <laughs> um you know you've got your daughter saying uh, who's the little girl sitting on the bed over there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess many would say, oh, she's got an imaginary friend. Um, but I think there were certain things that I said and did that really confronted um, my mum. And and as mm. you know, I don't blame her. Um, mm. She didn't have any knowledge around this. Um, but I shut everything down because I was told maybe you have schizophrenia. Seriously? And, yeah. So, <gasps> All my gifts shut down. I stopped trusting myself. I didn't listen. And so that really also had me um, going externally and other people are right and other people know best. And Mm. this journey that I went on for a really long time and I actually feel that I probably only, I don't know, maybe when I was about 19, 20, when I started connecting to my grandfather that passed and different things that my family they just knew I was they would say I was different (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I think that I started connecting to the psychic abilities and my senses and then I think more so with the human design I was able to tune into my intuition and Mm -hmm. that instant knowing because it's really quick and you'll miss it if you don't listen as soon as it happens um so I've really honed in on that over the last sort of um two or three years since sort of studying human design and mm. supportive and I'm so grateful because it's now supporting me in pregnancy to be connected to my intuition mm-hmm. and I know it's going to support me a lot in um in being a parent as well so oh, I love that. learning your human design um decision making center will support you with your parenting absolutely <laughs> And yeah, like like you as a projector, I'm a have that inconsistent energy source. And I think, you know, when I became aware of that and I could finally say, look, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm mm. just not meant to work this much all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had nothing left for mm. my daughter, my partner, and um, I was giving away my energy to the point of full burnout. Um And I think, you know, being able to bring in human design to parenting in terms of learning about your children and the traits that they brought into this lifetime with. and So amazing. So amazing. I I do know, I do know some people that are starting to bring this into schools as well. Oh my goodness. Learn about how the child learns and uh, how they think and like just so many things. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I highly recommend all parents getting a reading to understand and unpack their own chart and the child's chart. Yeah. Because um, 
instead of, I guess, coming into judgment or criticism, you can come from a place of understanding of their energetic blueprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how not every single child has the, the same energetic blueprint, that, it, that all of our energies work very differently. And when we're aware of that, we can obviously um, optimize our energy and actually live a happier life. Yeah, that's it. So thank you so much for being with me today. That was incredible. And I'm sure everyone listening wants to know where they can connect with you. And is there a conscious parenting course coming up that they can jump on? And how can they reach out to you? Yeah, so I'll be starting another conscious parenting course in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. I have set an exact day. Um, I do have a webinar that those who might be wanting to know a little bit more information about the program, um, if you contact me either via one of my socials. So I have the conscious parenting community. It's not the <laughs> at conscious parenting community um, on Instagram or at Angela Louise Tonkin on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you reach out and contact me, I'll be able to get that webinar to you so you can have a little bit more information about the program. And, um, yeah, we'll be getting started soon. But in saying that, there's also opportunity to join throughout the year as well. So um, highly beneficial to join um, in the coming weeks because there will be a small group of us starting the journey together. And then parents will be welcome to continue um, Mm -hmm. that journey. And I just think it's one of the things I know you, Hannah, said this to me as a reflection as well. It's something that will continue to give to you, your children and your family for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I can't recommend it enough. Um, yeah, for me, it was the catalyst for, you know, going on and doing more healing work with you on a one-on-one. Um, but yeah, I just think that this, you know, the more people that can jump into this course, the better and the more children we'll have in the world that are regulated and and seen and we'll all be parenting from a more conscious place. Um, I'll put your Instagram handle and all of the information in the show notes as well so people know where to find you. But thank you so much for bringing your energy and um, sharing all of this juicy, amazing content with us. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to hearing some from some of you as well. Yay. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something juicy in its content that you can take away with you today. Thank you so much for listening and choosing to be here with me as a member of my audience. I feel truly honored to be sharing this content and energy with you. If you did find value in what was shared with you today, can I please ask this one thing of you? Share the episode on your socials, tagging me at humanlydesigned underscore so we can reach more people with these important messages. And don't forget to drop me a DM and say hi. I literally love connecting with you all and hearing all about your unique human experiences. Until next time.